Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Rich Lee from St. Bonaventure University, and welcome to another podcast um, from the people producing Tap Into Greater Olean. We're um, on a little early this week, and we've normally been doing the podcast on Fridays. We're um, on on Wednesday for some scheduling issues, and, and also you know, we, to make the podcast a bit more timely last night, as you know, most people know, was the New Hampshire primary, and we wanted to get a quick analysis and update on uh, the primary results and you know, what it means for our area. And um, Julia, Julia Miracle, who's been following uh, the primaries along with some of the other students, is on the line. And then and um, after we talk about the primary, uh, we're going to shift gears a bit and talk about a jazz CD that was produced by a professor here at St. Bonaventure University. And it's um, timely that we do it today because there's going to be a big event happening in New York City um, involving that CD. And um, Owen Broadhead has been you know, working on that story, so he's going to fill us in on that. But, uh, Julia, let's start with you because that's you know the item you know that's in the news. You know We saw that Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders you know won you know the, the primary in New Hampshire, which was expected. But I think um, from what I'm seeing, they won by um, much wider margins than people expected. What, were you surprised by the margin of victory? Um, yeah, I was really surprised at how um, far apart the numbers were compared to the Iowa results, um, especially on the Democratic side where um, in the Iowa results, Sanders and Clinton were less than 1% apart, and um, last night they were like 22% apart. Um Okay, and and I know um, you know you're going to be talking with people about the results, now, but I believe you you've had a chance to talk with a few. I mean, what is the sense you're getting? Is that are the people you're talking with, um, yeah, as surprised as the general population is about the margin of victory? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, we spoke with some Republicans in the area, and I think they were especially surprised at the difference with. Um, the success of Rubio in the Iowa results and kind of his lack of success um, with New Hampshire and um, Kasich's success with New Hampshire last night were the big changes, I think. Yeah, that seems to be puzzling. Um, and I know in the, the story that you and Leanne did after the um, Iowa caucuses, you know, even though Rubio, I think, finished third, a number of the people you spoke with said, you know, he came across, you know, doing really well, and they thought he had some momentum. Um, you know, you know what happened? You know, he that momentum certainly didn't carry through to um, to New Hampshire. Yeah, and um, we spoke with some people, including a government teacher, Miss Stevens, who teaches in Hinsdale, and mm-hmm. he seemed to think that. Um, you know, there could be a difference in that because of Rubio's recent um, kind of criticism in the most recent debate and also um, the fact that she thought that Kasich's success could be attributed um, in part due to New Hampshire allowing independent voters to vote in the primary. Yeah, those are you know excellent points you know, that you make because the primary process is you know, different um, as you go from state to state. And uh, a number of us watched the Republican debate on Saturday evening, and, and you're correct, you know, Rubio did not do well. He got um, into a back and forth with um, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who is someone you probably don't want to get into a back and forth with, and he's as someone who's followed him for a number of years. You know, he's, you know, he, he's very quick, um, you know, to, to talk like that. And um, the interesting thing, though, was that, that exchange seemed to hurt Rubio 
Um, but apparently did not help Chris Christie. The reports, you know, that I saw late last night and early this morning is that, you know, Christie, rather than move on to South Carolina where the next primary is, is headed back to New Jersey and is, you know, reassessing his campaign. I think we'll start to see the field narrow um, a bit with each primary, certainly after this one. Christie isn't the only Republican who did poorly. But uh, let me just ask you another question or two before we move on to, mm-hmm. you know, to Owen and the Jazz CD. I mean, in your mind, you know, what's the significance of, um, you know, Trump and Sanders, you know, winning by so much? Um, I think had they just won, people would have said that's expected. But, you know, do you think it's, you know, it bodes well for um I guess for both candidates, I think the more surprising one, as you said, you know, was Sanders because you know people figured Hillary Clinton has you know been running for the office for for a long time, and you know Sanders has gained a lot of enthusiastic supporters, and people weren't sure if that was going to translate into votes. But um, you know, just you know, quickly, if you could assess you know both races, you know, the fact that Sanders won by a lot, Trump won by a lot, you know, what does that mean for the future heading into South Carolina? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it will just give them a lot of momentum for the future primaries and um, um, especially um, um, Republican Congressman Tom Reed that we spoke with too um, noted that, you know, um, regardless of who is winning, that he thinks any of the Republican candidates would be um, really a good for the office, and they'd be able to repeal many of what he considers Obama's failed policies. And um, I think one of the interesting things going forward is that the Democrat side has really only two major candidates they're looking at, but on the Republican side, I just wonder what will happen with the future primaries because there's so many candidates still in the race and vying for the top spot. Yeah, yeah, that, Republican vote. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, with so many candidates in the Republican field, it's hard for someone to to, to get a majority or a large number. Well, Julia, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, thanks for your analysis and insight into the um, presidential primary. I'm sure you'll be, we'll be talking with you and some of the other you know students in the class who are following that. Um, but um, before we move over to Owen, I mean, Rick Simpson is kind of, um, you know, an icon here in the St. Bonaventure campus. Um, have you ever had a chance to take a class with him? Uh, I did, actually. I was able to take Poetry 1 and his Poetry 2 course before he had to leave. Okay, that's great. I was just, you know, curious, you know, Julia, if you're still there, have you ever taken a course with Professor Simpson? Um, I never had the chance to take a course with him, but he was my advisor for a brief time, so I have spoken with him. Okay, so um, yeah, yeah I'm sure you mm-hmm. know him. Yeah, just from, from that short time. So, um, so so Owen, I mean, yeah, you you did take classes with him. You take classes with a lot of professors, but obviously he made an impact on you. You know, what was it about his you know, his class that you know maybe set him apart from some of the other people you've had you know in, for, as professors? Um, I would definitely say that he <clears throat> he's out of the way as an authoritative figure as a professor and kind of becomes um, like an encouraging friend, but he also has so much to say, and you can just listening to that man talk is, is a pleasure. So um, all around, he's, he's made a great impact on me. Yeah, and I can um, you know speak from personal experience. I mean, he was an English professor when I was a student here back in the 70s, and I had the you know, privilege of taking, I believe, two of his classes, maybe three. And when I came back here, and then he was, 
you know, still teaching, still as enthusiastic as ever. And you're right, he, you know, teaches, well, in your case, poetry. I had him before, I think, of Victorian literature, romantic literature. And, you know, he somehow mm-hmm. manages to work music, baseball, and, and a lot of contemporary things into the class, which, you know, really, you know, make it special. But, you know, let's talk about music. You know, we know he's played jazz saxophone, you know, has a love of jazz. Um, before we get into it, I mean, you have an, an interest in music as well, Owen. Is that correct? Yeah, I do. I started playing saxophone at a young age and got really into jazz, so I have a little bit of a background in that. Okay, so you, um, since he plays, the, you know, the sax, you have that in common, um, and you know, he's is kind of an interesting story, which I didn't know all the details of, and, and I know you had a chance to sit down with Professor Simpson um, to to learn about how the CD came about. Um, so, um, can you kind of tell the story of how you know there's going to be a uh, let me give the specifics first. Um, it's called the Stryker Slagle Band Expanded Album Roots. Um, Professor Simpson was the executive producer. And there's going to be a CD release party um, for that CD in, at the Jazz Standard, which is a very well-known jazz club in New York City, you know, you know tomorrow evening. Um, but um, he kind of told you the story of, you know, how this professor from Western New York, you know, came to connect with these very well-known jazz musicians and become, you know, the executive producer of the CD, which already is doing well in the charts. Can you just share a bit of that story with us? Sure. But uh, before I start, I'll add that he does have a little bit of experience producing. He um, he produced a record, uh, I think, like five years ago called Imaginary Numbers by Tom Rizzo. And that actually did a lot better than a lot of people thought it would be. So he kind of had this experience under his belt. And then he had been listening to guitarist Dave Stryker and Steve Slagle since well, Slagle since, like, the 70s, and he had been tracking these guys, and while the whole time um, he's been producing, he eventually had an opportunity recently over the summer to basically just more time than he would have had in general, and he sent an email to guitarist Dave Stryker out of the blue and said, hey, I've got this idea. Would you be interested in assembling an album with a little bit more horn players to give it that versatile sound? and maybe a keyboard player. And no more than 20 minutes later, Stryker responded and said, absolutely, let's talk tomorrow. So Dr. Simpson drove all the way up to New Jersey just to talk to guitarists and saxophonists. And when he got there, they were already already talking about the ideas they had for the album. And, I mean, it's, it's crazy how fast this thing came about. I mean, this was over the summer, and... Um, is already number two on the Jazz Week charts. And that goes by how many times it has been played on radio stations in the United States. So that's pretty darn good and a pretty amazing story for Dr. Simpson there. Yeah, it's a great story. And also there's a great lesson in there. I mean, as you said, he sent this email out of the blue. I mean, you should, you know, I'm sure he would say the same thing, never be afraid to try something. The worst that can happen is somebody either ignores the email or says no. But if if you don't ask, nothing's going to happen. And in this case, you know, he sent the email and, you know, one thing led to another very quickly. And all of a sudden, you know, a couple of months later, um, you know, they're going to be at the Jazz Standard in, in, in New York, you know, previewing the CD. Now, you've had a chance to listen to it. Um, is that correct? Yeah, I almost can't stop listening to it. Um, and the, I love the idea behind the album. Um, it's called Roots because uh, Stryker and Slagle kind of had the idea to have the music conjure the idea, like the picture in the listener's mind about, like, the roots that they've traveled themselves. I mean, that's kind of the idea behind jazz is you're supposed to be able to picture something 
And this album is so effective in that way. I mean, I can close my eyes and, you know, like picture the highway or wherever, wherever they're going, but it definitely paints a picture in the listener's head. And I'm looking forward to see how they execute it live tomorrow night at the Jazz Standard. Okay, that's yeah. That was I was going to ask you about that. So, um, you know, you're you're going down to to see to the CD release party, which is, you know, not a short drive from from here at St. Bonaventure. But I think you you like me. I, uh, my wife and I are going as well. As soon as you heard it was happening, you know, figured out you had to get there. Is um, you know, what what was it that you know that makes you want to actually be there and hear the music live tomorrow night? Uh, well. I looked up this uh, jazz standard, and it's one of the most, like, respectable jazz clubs in New York City. I mean, I just think it would be a really cool thing to be there for Simpson, to hear the music myself, and uh, it's obviously a bonus that I'm doing this story in this class. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a more interesting thing to do. So I think if I'm going to do the story, I'm going to do it the right way, and I also want to hear these guys play, because these are world-class musicians we're talking here. Okay, well, well, that's great, and you will, um, you know, look forward to the story. I mean, I know you have a good start of in it already, and we're gonna, you know, round it out with with some, you know, some reflections on the live performance. So um, I'm looking forward to the show. I know you are. Well, see you in New York, and um, you know, folks who are interested, um, I'm sure they can find a copy of the CD, you know, pretty easily. You know, um, you know, buy it online or whatever. The CD is called Your Roots, um, R O U T E S. Those type of roots, not the other ones. So, um, so Owen, you know, thanks for you know, filling us in on the you know pr- CD that Professor Simpson produced, and um, we look forward to your story, um, Julia. Again, thanks for your insight on the presidential primaries. That's going to be an ongoing story. I know you, you know you're working with um, Leanne Bunny and Jake McCollum. Um, uh, on that so you're going to have a story you know hopefully later today we'll get that up on the site and it's you know on to South Carolina there'll be another primary soon so uh, thank both of you for being on the show thanks um, to people who are listening um, we'll be back again next week probably at our on our normal day at Friday um, but um, for this week you know we did the podcast on Wednesday hope you enjoyed it um, check back again you know next week Friday at 9 a.m. Uh, Once again, my name is Rich Lee from St. Bonaventure University. Thank you for listening.